Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to Restaurant Fiction, the show that reviews fictional restaurants, bars, and clubs in TV and film. My name is Montes Rose. I'm just doing some old man steakhouse style cream of spinach here. Yeah, this episode, metaphorically, also literally, also spiritually, also physically, it's going to get a little steamy. It's going to get a little hot. That's right. That's right. You know why? Because we're not only talking about the fictional restaurant from Pulp Fiction, Jackrabbit Slims, but we're bringing along celebrity chef, Food Network chef, former top chef, Brian Malarkey. Oh yeah, and also, he is a mainstay in San Diego, has a slew of hit hot restaurants, continually, exponentially. Also, he is opening up an amazing, amazing restaurant in Oregon. Yeah, Brian and I, we sit down in his humble abode, overlooking the ocean in beautiful San Diego to talk all things Jackrabbit Slims, to talk all things just Brian Malarkey and get to know what a truly amazing and magnificent person this man is. Thank you for watching. Let's go. Faded. Cut to. Exterior. Interior. Restaurant, bar, club, day, night, action. So, guys, gals, Brian, if you will, Restaurant Fiction, we dined at a frozen in time 1950s diner. Yeah. What the fuck is a 1950s diner doing all the way in like Glendale, California with, well, I'll tell you what allured us was that nice neon sign. You see in oh. the night, that nice neon sign that really just had the mood. It had the mood. And when we walked in, we were, uh, we were impressed. We first saw the dance floor and then it was almost like a, a sound stage like a movie soundstage because there was like different sitcom sets there was an astroturf set with those metal umbrellas you know there was the wet bar in the mountains i believe i mean not mountains but like the stone carvings i mean it was like very tiki ish and then the the creme de la creme of where to sit was the drive-in movie theater with the chopped off you know 57 chevys that you can die you know dine in now it's not just about the decor. It's not just about the... Uh, it's also about the uh, impersonators. You see, you feel... When you're in Jackrabbit Slims, you feel like you're outside of the Grauman's Chinese Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. You get your Marilyn Monroe's. You get your Blue Eyes. You get your Elvis. You know, they don't have Star Wars because they want to keep it like 1950s and 60s, you know? you know. But really, how's the food? Well, it comes down to the food is pretty much kitsch we're just gonna leave it at that except for one thing the one thing is the five dollar shake now oh, yeah five the five dollar shake. shake right i mean it's remember it's an actual shake it's not a smoothie okay so it's not in a blender it's in a stand mixer so the blades are not chopping 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 no it's keeping the ice cream pretty much intact yet slurpable it's like that fine goldilocks like three scoops of vanilla a little cream boom some french uh, vanilla bean fresh vanilla bean a maraschino cherry on top plus frosted glass and you get the sloppy seconds in that aluminum container absolutely so the slurping point it's kind of like in the uh the movie there will be blood like eli i drink your milkshake i slurp it up but you know the <laughs> the, the 
<laughs> the the slurping sensation of the five dollar shake is exquisite. So what are we? What is restaurant fiction trying to say about Jackrabbit Slims? What are we trying to say about the five dollar shake? Well, and I wrote this down because I like this line. You go for the nostalgia, but you stay for the shake. All right, so that is our little quick review of Jackrabbit Slims from the Quentin Tarantino joint. Well, actually, that's what Spike Lee says. The Quentin Tarantino film, Pulp Fiction. We are talking to celebrity chef, amazing cowboy, you know, father, entrepreneur, awesome, badass, Brian Malarkey. What is your take on that? I would just like to say, I think you now hold the record for keeping me quiet the longest of anybody I've ever talked to um, before in my life. I just was taking deep breaths and doing breathing exercises there. Uh, I think people who watch me on the Food Network and these other silly channels I'm on uh, know that I'm loud and, and I don't ever shut up. And you did it. You won. Yeah, I just like sat back and enjoyed the ride. I'd never done that before. It's like I was on the back of a motorcycle going to Jack Ragavit Slims as your, you know, as the, the woman on the back of the pig you know i'm not saying you're a pig but we were driving a harley and i was just riding bitch <laughs> oh man oh man oh, i'm glad you know but I, I love with the harley i mean harley is freedom and that is you know what harley's what, my I, girlfriend yes and she is freedom <laughs> <laughs> all right so but you know, let's let's go to Pulp Fiction for a second. Pulp Fiction is all about food. I mean, it starts with the shootout. Food and the, feet. Food and feet, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it starts out with the diner, and then you're talking about McDonald's and then Big Kahuna Burger. I mean, even there's fictional clubs. There's the strip club. I mean, even when they're in Jimmy's kitchen, they're talking about the coffee. Oh my gosh, there's a there's a dead person in the car, but I'm drinking this coffee. This is really good coffee. You know, I mean, but why Jack Rabbit Slims of all the fictional restaurants, bars, and clubs in Pulp Fiction? Uh um, you know, when when you asked me this question, I, I I reflected and I was like, what what scene? And I went through like, and I tried to think of like relative movie like restaurants and stuff like that. And this one, I don't know why it just jumped up and grabbed me so much. But it was less about the food and really just the dynamics of the two characters and watching you know the resurrection of John Travolta, you know the urban cowboy, the um, the uh, stand alive, you know the disco king, and then really just seeing him kind of in this whole different ponytail, kind of overweight and slurping a milkshake high on heroin while she's high on cocaine and you're just like yeah you are you're it's a movie of pure chaos and in that chaos is that simplicity of the simple diner and the simple milkshake and again quentin tarantino just jumbling your brain like you know fried eggs This is your brain on Quentin Tarantino. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you got to be old enough to understand that commercial there. So, so at one point, you're going to have to have this $5 shake. And how are you making this a milkshake? Uh, you, there's so many great... Um, ice cream makers now. It's not just that bulk made ice cream. There's so many boutique, local... I mean, ice cream is almost like a craft beer now. It's a craft coffee. It's You've got somebody in your in your town that makes their own in-house and you can just taste the craftsmanship in it. So you start with a good base, right? And then because I want to have something better than everyone else, I'm going to go buy my own dairy cow, right? And I'm going to park her out back. Oh, Betsy, we'll call her. <laughs> 
And I'm not just going to feed her regular grain and hay and stuff like that. I got to have an edge. I got to be one better. Everybody likes milkshake. I don't want to be ordinary. I want to be a little extra. We call that extraordinary. So I'm going to milk that cow after I have fed her some bales of hemp. You know what? Maybe in, in, in Japan where you're going soon, they massage those Kobe beef, that, that beef, and they rub it and they give it the barley and mash and all that stuff. And they treat it really well and they get that, that Wagyu beef that everybody's so excited about well i'm gonna have some hemp uh hemp milk you know what i'm saying very very popular my little betsy cow is gonna be high as ben's effect and she's gonna produce the best milk and when i drink that milk i'm gonna be like oh my good god you know and then i'm gonna put that milk in my craft uh, milkshake right and it's going to not be ordinary milkshake it's gonna be an extra and i'm gonna hand stir it hand churn it i'm gonna go get somebody wearing medieval clothes to churn that thing for me so you can taste the the fluff and the air and the perspiration from the brow in that milkshake a touch of salt is always nice uh and other than that, i'm gonna have to put it in the best glassware of all time yes i am going to go get the cup from christ and i'm gonna serve you that milkshake in the cup from christ Right. And that will be my priceless milkshake. <laughs> Amen. 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 Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I will pay handsomely for that. Man, that was that silenced me. That shut us up at Restaurant Fiction. <laughs> Restaurant Fiction is giving um, the IP, the IP of Jack Rabbit Slims to you. Um, what does your Jackrabbit Slims look like? Yeah, here's the IP. Boom. Go. That uh, that milkshake just became a boozy milkshake, right? It is now a thirty-five dollar milkshake, right? And it has three straws, and everybody hangs out around it. And it is Wagyu beef burgers, and it is high end, high end. So you can afford those luxury design elements, and the music's fantastic, and the uniforms are insane. Uh, if you really make it with great service and put a budget together where it does have all those different themes, stuff like that, and you make it so it's adult only, that thing would go through the roof. And we don't cater to the children because you know what parents love to do also? Leave their kids at home. We have a restaurant or two that have zero high chairs. Please don't tell the government officials that because I think that's illegal. But uh, we don't. We want people to leave their children behind. And if you made that a very adult kind of diner with that great thing, I people would love to go out and have a, a really good time. We have a restaurant anime where, you know, in San Diego, the dress code is money in your pocket right? You can wear shorts and flip-flops as long as you got money in your pocket. But we made a restaurant called Animate and it is a grown-up restaurant. And if you've ever walked down the mall and you're like walking by uh, Louis Vuitton or Gucci or Hermes or whatever, you're like, who wears those clothes? The people who go to anime wear those clothes. So if you made it really high-end and not cartoonish, and that was not cartoonish, that, the Jackrabbit Slims in Pulp Fiction was legit. And it was well thought out and well done. If you did that, people, I mean, I would be excited to go. I'd be like, this is epic, you know, and you're going to pay for it. Um, uh, so if you did it really high end, it would really work well. 
What about designing a menu for Jackrabbit Slims? What would be your R and D process? Yeah. R and D is the funnest thing in the world. Uh, it's it's my favorite thing. It's a little painful in your belly and your wallet. Um, when we want to make a new Asian concept, we're like, okay, what do we want to do? And we will attack cities. We're like, let's go to these food cities, be it Seattle, Portland, you know, Nashville, Austin, New York, Chicago. We're gonna hit all these food cities up, and when we get to that city, we're gonna attack and. We'll We'll go to like three dinners a night and you'll literally order the whole menu and you'll have bite, 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 bite. You'll look at the silverware, you'll look at the lighting, you'll look at the food, you'll look at the drink menu, you look at this, you look at their uniforms and you're just gathering information, right? Like, oh, this is in our area. Oh, I love the way they put the silverware on the table. I love that. Oh, and you just take little tidbits and put it all together and you bring it together to make your own um your own vision. And I like to say this, and it's kind of funny, but in our industry, plagiarism is a form of flattery. <laughs> um, and so you would go eat the best burger. You would go try the best milkshakes in different cities and see what glassware they're serving it in, at what temperature is it. And what's, what's, and, and then when you're in there, you're looking at the lighting, the service, like, oh my God. And you'll, you'll see stuff that you hate. Like, don't ever, we'll never do that because that really upsets me. Oh, that was amazing. And just putting together all of those, components in your own little personal toolbox so when you open it you have the right ingredients when quentin and uh the co-writer roger uh wrote pulp fiction there was an element of nostalgia that's why they included these childlike food elements what is the dish that brings you back to your own childhood um my mom uh we were raised on a ranch by a mom, single mom. And so my brother mom did a lot of uh, the ranching and I was the one cooking some food in the house every once in a while. But she made this one dish. I made it for my kids one time. I was like, oh, this was my favorite dish as a child. And it was like penne pasta with this tomatoey sauce with like this chicken cooked on top with melted cheese all over it. Now I cooked it for my kids exactly like my mom cooked it for me. And they're like, this is like tomato sauce and pasta dad like what the fuck <laughs> and i was like oh but it was just like so homey and so comforting and so warming kids are pretty aggressive and what the food they see on tiktoks and social media and stuff like that i mean they're eating sushi and if they find snails or wagyu beef or you know something that explodes or bugs or like they're they're into some odd stuff so my safe little pasta tomato and cheesy chicken thing is very boring to them uh but we had one famous dish my mom and father divorced when i was very young and my father manufactured roofing shingles malarkey roofing believe it or not and i think she had a dish an ode to my father and it was called um shit on a shingle <laughs> corn corn beef chip on toast or corn beef uh it was literally like corn beef and cream sauce on a soggy piece of bread <laughs> and she and she was like that's your dad's dish fuck you mike malarkey fuck out <laughs> brian <laughs> you've been a contestant you've been a judge you've been a commentator you've been all around the gamut when it comes to food cooking shows uh what's your favorite role to play on any, any the villain i like to be the villain you know what I'm saying? Rowdy Rowdy Piper, WWF. Hey! Uh, <laughs> um, it's so funny. My my culinary competitive cooking 
TV persona. In the earlier days, I was the villain. People hated me like, oh, Malarkey's so annoying. I can't stand that Malarkey guy. Oh, he just drives me crazy. Oh, this. And I've just had the staying power that I've been doing this now for so many years. God, Top Chef was 2007. I mean, is that where we're... 15, 16 years now. Um, and now people are like, we love him. Now I walk down the street and kids are like, shenanigans, because guy nicknamed me shenanigans and stuff. And now my my humor and my stupidity and my lack of seriousness comes off as sincere and not as a douchebag. So I'm uh I really love my new persona as the cartoon character of Malarkey Shenanigans. I love that. Now <laughs> I mean, you're just being you and you're owning it. Yeah, That's I am. Really it. No turning back now. <laughs> <laughs> so for someone who wants to be a part of Top Chef or Food Network or the ta- you know, any food cooking show there is, what advice do you have for them? Uh, try not to be... I, I used to do this way off to... I used to try to be too clever, too much of a poser, too much like, oh, how, how do I look? Like, you know, like, like that. I mean, like, you're like, oh, camera, just act like the camera's not there. Be you and be really present with whoever's interviewing you, whoever's in your surroundings. Just forget the cameras are there. Don't worry about it. You know, anytime I pull out a camera for my kids in front of friends, it's like immediately you, you talk differently. You look a little different. You like start standing a little different. That does not translate. Ignore the cameras and just be in the moment with the person you're there with, be a fellow competitor, the host, you know, whoever's in your presence, just be authentically you. And then realize after it airs, you're still just you. I see a ton of people that get on a season of Top Chef or a couple episodes of a show and they're like, talk to my agent, talk to my people like that. You're like, shut the, f- shut up. You know, you're, you're, you're we're all, the same people after and the people who thrive and 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 drive in this world are the ones that are just real authentic and appreciative and work with people and help people and don't ever put themselves above people and i see so many people from top chef come down with it after a season of top chef and they just think they are so cool and so great and so high demand and then the next season hits they're forgotten <laughs> you know you your little your little moment of glory is over next next Next, and now it's season 398. So, what happened then? What I love, love, love about every answer you've given, you've given us is you're, you're true to yourself. It is your voice. It is really, really your authentic self. Like, how did you find your voice, Brian? It's almost one year since I quit drinking, and it's really amazing. It's taken my body about six months because I I wasn't an alcoholic, but I was a professional boozer, right? Like I didn't have the shakes and I like I needed, I needed, I needed for social anxiety or anything like that. I was just I worked at a restaurant and at nine o'clock every night I drank straight tequila and it was fun and I had the best time and all the guests loved it when I was drunk and I just learned that they love it when I'm sober too and so. When you have that consistency in your life and you don't have spikes of sugar and drama and all those things, all the stuff that comes at me now is just like, I got it. I got it. You know, you have, you have opportunities, difficulties and situations between children, businesses, ex-wives, um, finances, all those things come at you. And it's just like, what's your, your foundation? 
you know, and really looking at like, who am I? What do I want? And it, it, I don't want to sound like a, a new ager, but, you know, journaling and like writing down like what I want, where I'm going, how I'm going to get there. The simplest things, because for years, 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 like 30 plus years, I'd wake up hungover, just like, oh, Jesus, let's let's do this again. Like, oh, God, let's go. And, you know, maybe go sweat it out a little bit and just do it again and repeat cycle. Now I'm actually not being dictated by life, but I'm dictating life. I'm, I'm making strides and they're little strides and they're fun, but man, the clarity and I'm not saying I'm sober, man, because I love me some edibles and some fun stuff. It's California sober, but, uh, I certainly am a million percent cl clear on my mind. And when you're clear in your mind, it reflects in your body and your soul. Design me a scripted either show or movie about your own dream fictional restaurant. Uh, it doesn't matter the budget, doesn't matter if it's a period, sci-fi, present day, real. Um, yeah, but go. Um, you know, I really think it's uh, exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm returning home. I grew up in Bend, Oregon. I'm down here in San Diego. I've worked all over. I've done a bunch of stuff and I'm kind of going home doing my own thing. And I was telling you earlier before we started doing this, it's literally like what I imagine the Yellowstone without as much violence. Let's add a little, add a little violence to make it exciting. But essentially like the Yellowstone uh, restaurant. It's called Hawkeye and the Huckleberry Lounge. It's got live music. It's everything I've ever wanted in life. We're going to raise our own beef. We literally are going to raise our own beef out of our ranch, Hawkeye Ranch, and we're going to finish them with hemp and grain. And um, I don't know if it's going to affect the meat at all, but it's sure going to be great for marketing and really bringing together people from my life, different chefs, different GMs that I've worked with in the past. I'm like, guys, you want to just retire in Bend, Oregon, where the snowboarding's epic, the fishing's insane, the river rafting, the sky is blue, the air is clean, and really throw a party for Central Oregon, celebrating the ranchers, the loggers, uh, the entire demographic of what's going on up there on a nightly basis and just throwing epic parties for people. Um, so it's, it's hipster cowboy steakhouse, Hawkeye and the Huckleberry Lounge. And the movie starts soon and it never, ever ends. Well, was that a shit ton of fun or what? <laughs> anyway, thank you, Brian. We are honored. We cannot believe we had you on the Restaurant Fiction Show. And because of that, and it was just such a great time, you are welcome back any and every time. That's right. As you build your empire and it gets even bigger and exponentially bigger and then even goes beyond that. Anyway, to look up the latest and greatest of all things Brian Malarkey, go to his website or his Instagrams or all of his socials. I mean, it's brianmalarkey.com. Pretty, pretty easy. When you're in San Diego, I mean, him and Carlos, Carlos Anthony, Chef Carlos Anthony, who was also on the Restaurant Fiction podcast, I mean, they have a bevy, a slew of amazing San Diego restaurants. Obviously, on this show, you heard him. He's building uh, one in Oregon uh fantastic one indeed that does not make sense nothing ever does anyway just check them out and for us with restaurant fiction you found us thank you very much obviously if you like this episode please check out carlos anthony's episode where he reviews the fictional restaurant of the bear called the bear my name is monis rose 
We're everywhere on YouTube, on the Spotify's, on the Instagrams, on the iTunes. Find us. You can even email me personally, monis at restaurantfiction.com. Love to hear from you. Until next time, keep it real, keep it fresh, and keep it on the flip side. Faded? Cut to. Exterior. Interior. Restaurant. Bar. Club. Day. Night. 